This is People Who Play, a show about the art of playful living. I'm Emma Warrillow, researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben Martin, content creator and nostalgia junkie. Join us once a week as we discuss our playful approach to parenting, work and marriage. Plus, look out for extra guest episodes. We believe that fun should be part of the everyday and we are here to support any grown-ups who want to grow down and avoid the onset of serious-itis that kicks in in adulthood. Find me on Instagram at playful underscore den. And if you'd like more of my content, you can subscribe to my Patreon. Just search for my name, Emma Warrillow, and get access to exclusive podcasts, insights and updates. And for all your retro feels, find me on Instagram at BenFlyingRetro. We really do appreciate all your likes, subscribes, follows and shares. These digital high fives really mean a lot to us and help us to grow the show. Okay, let's get on with the episode. It's playtime. Episode... 32. I don't even know if I can count to 32. Hello, Ben. Hi, Ems. How are you? I mean, I have been with you all weekend, but still, how are you? I'm great. Now, let's be honest. We sat down to record this like an hour ago. We hit record, but we didn't say, hi, episode 32. We just started chatting about like the weekend and stuff. Yeah. It got like deep. Maybe we should just release that. (laughs) That was a serious... What is that? That's a private pod. A private pod. It was a sort of like an intervention to our family rhythm that's not going very well at the moment, is it? Well, no, I said I'm feeling two opposing thoughts at the same time. And you said, yeah, that's normal. I think that is parenthood. You feel, is it? You feel constantly the opposite thing at the same time. And often those things will be things like you're really grateful and you want what you've got and you appreciate it but at the same time you just want to bloody escape it <laughs> yeah feeling thoughts can be exhausting yeah o- opposite ones especially because you almost get into this mental wrestle with but yeah, this tug of but war that, but that yeah the tug of war yeah what you need is more distractions we had a hard weekend it was one of those weekends that you sort of come to the end of it and you think was that fun? Yeah, Saturday was awesome. We went out and we had cocktails. We did go out. Yeah, that was amazing. See, this is what I'm trying to explain to you, that the things that go wrong, i.e. Scout kicking off, absolutely losing it, like a lot of behaviour stuff happening at the moment. I think he's in one of those, what do they call it, a leap, when kids are going through a de- developmental push. Mm-hmm. They call it a leap and it just they sort of act out. When that happens, those moments become the story or become your memories. So even though actually the period of time, whether you're looking at a day or a weekend or even like a month or a season, those are the things that tell you like what happened, even though they're not all of the time and that there are good things that happened. Is that human nature to sometimes focus on the bad things? Like if you get a hundred comments on an Insta post and one of them's like... Yeah, that's... That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the only one you focus yeah, on. Yeah, that's sort of basic pop psychology 101, isn't it? That we focus I on... I am basic, baby. <laughs> we focus on the negative because it's protective, isn't it? It's like us going... Mm. Oh, yeah, there's loads of nice gazelles out there, but hang on a minute, there's a lion. And we're sort of wired to focus on that 
thing to keep us safe. God, do you remember when we did safari and I got out of the truck and I just ran into a herd of gazelles? Well, you were instructed by the guide to do that. You no, didn't I just... think I asked. <laughs> he wanted you to move them because they were in the way. Right. So he was like, which idiot here wants to run out into the plains me, please. and move these these deer? Yeah, and I did it and you guys were like filming and I thought, oh, this is, this will be viral if out of nowhere a lion just takes me down. Yeah. I and I was f- like, the whole world would cheer that. I feel like you had a moment where you did the thing yeah, and, and then... it was quite thrilling. And then when you were running back, to the jeep you didn't I like just, it no, you didn't like it <laughs> it was like being out at sea yeah. and swimming back to a boat yeah horrible. and someone saying there's a shark coming mm. well that's that's what happens with toddlers i think when you have these oh yeah these, let's bring it back to these, that these outbursts is you it's like the sharks coming the lions there but actually the time has sort of been broadly okay but when those outbursts happen they're they're really visceral hard to recover from yeah they they put a tear in the space-time continuum and they they sort of they they linger yeah you know and you you not for them though (laughs) oh no they just moved on yeah i'm pooing now it's like you just punch me in the face (laughs) can we just have a moment for that no no i'm playing with this now no, I think a lot of it is like what you say is I am not the same dad that I was 10 years ago. No. When we were doing this for the first time. And I need to understand that. Embrace I'm not, it. I'm not worse. I'm just different. Very different. I've got yeah. 10 more years on my clock. Yeah, you're a different person. Totally. I'm a less patient person. <laughs> <laughs> totally different person. Different needs, different different ways of keeping yourself healthy mentally very different you can't I think sometimes you hark back to that time like it was you know sort of rose tinted glasses and you want things to be like that but you've probably in the same way that like now in the moment those things that go wrong seem bigger than they are I think you do the same with distance as well so you actually forget that and Mm. you remember why can't we just remember the good stuff in the moment I think one of my biggest struggles is the age gap. It's hard at the moment. Is massive. So I just, you, you want to make sure you're giving everyone in your family equal measures of your time and your love. When stuff becomes so weighted to a toddler, yeah. you're like, oh my God, I haven't even spoke to Phoenix today. Yeah. Well, I haven't done anything with Indy or I haven't spoke to you. It's like, you get all out of balance and you're like oh my god i'm just putting out this fat fire yeah it's really and then and then the guilt comes and that's what i struggle with it's Mm -hmm. like then you just feel but that's what i mean about thinking trying to have perspective over time spent because you actually you go snowboarding now phoenix once a week that's like such deep connection Yeah, you're about you're about quality yeah not necessarily about adding up the minutes yeah exactly but i know what you mean and, and that guilt is very toxic that creeps in and I think toddlers are so efficient at having their needs met that's why Scout acts out because he's the smallest person in the house there's a lot of people in this house and toddlers are just they're just really good at like me 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 like that's what they're meant 
to do so their needs are always quite urgent I mean they are literally sometimes if there's poo rolling down the pajamas then your focus has got to go there but I think actually he's fine and I think if you have those feelings where you're like oh I need to like check in with this person or put a bit of energy here just go for the older ones because they actually do need quite a a lot more emotional support at their age whereas scouts he's fine you say they do but my one of my big observations this weekend from watching phoenix and he had a friend stay over they're like chimps (laughs) i just took a step back and i was like this is basically like going to monkey world this is an interactive experience and i just thought males men boys the female of the species is, is so much more evolved than we are. Mm. By it's, do you think you're like thirty years ahead of us? Yeah, here's that particular age, that sort of year eight to like year eleven. They just they can't stop moving. Silly. So they're sort of just like they're in their monkey cage and they're sort of just bouncing and then and, and they're then, sort of picking at each other and like, yeah 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 because they're sort of nudging each other and yeah but not not big the communication is like gestures. Yeah, I can't understand what they're saying. And you just, your brain, you're like, you just put some fur on them. You're like, yeah, they're primates. Mm. They're absolute chimps. And then Indy's like walking around. It's like the difference is insane. Yeah, Indy's sort of like living with a very, like an academic pop star. (laughs) (laughs) She's just on a whole nother level. I I include myself in the chimp statement. Right, okay. I've just realised. That you're generalising. Maybe that's why there's we struggle so much the the two species is that you guys are on a different planet you are like streets ahead of us emotionally it must be very frustrating for you guys it's pretty frustrating (laughs) (laughs) well we've got to get beyond labels haven't we beyond i mean it's difficult what how do you feel about all that because obviously we're we are now in a much more non-binary time which is great I think it's so reductive the idea of men and women and this is what this gender means and this is what that gender I actually hope that we move beyond labels I feel like we've our response to you know rejection of things being binary is to create more and more labels but I hope in the future the next evolution is that people are just their name yeah but you don't get that next step of evolution without the labels the labels yeah. right now yeah are actually it's the key stepping stone and are yeah. needed yeah but anyway what do you th- think about that because i don't like to layer on gender stereotypes but then there are those observations like what you just made parents that have boys and girls do spot quite a lot of differences in their development and the way they grow up Which that are gender related like is it still okay to say that or is that like more of a nature nurture uh, conversation possibly it's possibly that i i can only speak i'm just talking about the differences within our family Mm. that the girls are streets ahead of the boys almost in every way (laughs) (laughs) yeah it swings back when being that simple it it can make things easier to get through because you just don't sweat stuff Mm. whereas when you're a deep thinker you can get like bogged down in the weeds yeah sometimes i think to myself i wish i was a bit more basic you wish you were like me (laughs) i am dos i am dos i just zeros and ones well look it was a tale of two days we had an excellent saturday and sunday was an absolute dumpster fire yeah so whenever things like that happen i as the family ceo (laughs) yes like to take action 
And I think all crappy experiences are doors of opportunity because you can take them and be like, okay, how do we not do that again? Or how do we learn from that? And I think one of the things that came out of the very bad day (laughs) for me is that we have to be more embracing and accepting of where we're at right now in terms of we have a three-year-old who's really really quite I don't really like the word boisterous but I can't think of another one um he's very physical he has high energy he's also highly sensitive to different social environments and I think rather than just waiting for him to slot into a type of weekend that we'd like to have we have to be (laughs) we have to be a bit more proactive in like Okay, where is the fun going to come from? Because as you know, with the schedule, I'm all about how do we get at the fun? And sometimes that's about doing nothing. And sometimes it's about, okay, how do we do something to avoid X, Y, and Z happening? So I think the conclusion of the dumpster fire day is that we have to have more structure in our weekends. Structure up, baby. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, because I love just having no plans on weekends and I love pottering. I don't think it works with Scout. Yeah, because the weekdays are structured, aren't they? Obviously, with school and nursery and work. So you'd think that you'd look forward to the unstructured weekend. Yeah. Actually, that hasn't been the case for us. No, and because he gets so he gets up at six thirty, and I think it's still coming as a shock to us that he doesn't get up later on a weekend, <laughs> and I think we're still like quite frustrated about that. If we don't get up and get moving and go outside until like half ten, because we're all being really slow, that's like four hours of Scout being in the house, and it's not. It's just not. It doesn't bring out the best in him. So what are you saying? You need you want to be running around with an itinerary. Right, it's 7.30am. <laughs> Everyone's finished their breakfast. We are now going out for a walk. I think it's just about, I think it's about having a plan, which I constantly try and talk to you about, but I know that you don't like to do it, but we have to. And I think it's about just having a few fail-safe rituals. Like I'll just get up with Scout and take him swimming. So he's done like an hour of activity. It's an early swim. In the Well, I don't think kids are even allowed in that early, but you know, I can take him from eight or something. Or, you know, we're all going to get up and do a big ramble and then you can come back and do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? I think like we have to, we've got to get up and at them a bit more on the oh. weekend. Oh yeah, you went, you turned into a PE teacher then. Yeah. That was my whistle. Oh my god! Because as long as you, because as long as you've done that in the morning, then you can just come back and you know be a bit feral and just. Well, he will certainly be that. Do whatever you want, but yeah, it's not it's not working at the moment. Okay, so we're gonna. Well, look, guys, we'll uh, let you know how that goes. <laughs> we will keep you posted. I went to London. You went to our nation's capital. I did. I went to Toy Fair. Toy Fair is a exhibition where all of the people that make all of the toys meet up and sell their toys to 
retailers and distributors and they get to, to, to show off their wares, what's coming up in the season. Yeah, but you hate anything being called a fair that doesn't have a slide. There was absolutely no slides It's there. so funny when you go to these things because I'm here in domestic land, you know, getting the kids and stuff, and then you're sending us photos with, of you with a giant bluey. <laughs> Or a giant um, SpongeBob. That's right. And I said to you, you should make, over the years, you've been to so many toy fairs and like... Theme parks. Trendy companies that have people like that wandering around. You could make an amazing scrapbook of you and characters. Mm, you should do that for my 40th. It's, it's always the same. It's like you looking about 13 <laughs> with just this massive grin and you're just like hugging Bluey or hugging SpongeBob. How do you feel about costumed characters? They're very polarising. I think they're fun and amazing. I do too. I think they're quite fun. They're so silly. Yeah. It's when you need... Emma, there's someone in there. I know. There is someone in there. And they could be on the ledge. They could be. No, but I like to think. (laughs) I always feel like, are they just depressed, you know? I was in a costume character once. There was was an opening of the sports hall at my local leisure centre that I was a lifeguard at. And I was asked to be the bumblebee. So you were in a massive bumblebee costume. Massive bumblebee costume. Was, it was your face out? No, a big bumblebee head. It was summer. Um, it was boiling. I was like nearly passing out. And I got told off because, you know, they were like, oh, just be fun, like have fun with the kids. And I kept like chasing them and then like sticking my bum out like I was stinging them. And then they but it ha- might not have they looked ha- like they that. <laughs> they it ha- might have looked like you were just being sort of sexy. I was only like, I think I was about 16 or 17. Oh my and they days. Like, they were like, and then I had to go outside and then I took my head off because I was like nearly passing out. And they were like, oh, the children can see you. Put oh. your head on. Yeah, there is photos of, of that, isn't there? When they take yeah. their heads off and they're like purple. Yeah. They're like so red and it hot. It was so hot in there. When we went, when we, we were in Japan and we went to Universal Studios, the Harry Potter wizarding world and because phoenix was in full harry potter robes and had like white blonde hair he had a bigger queue of japanese people than like shrek they loved him didn't they we've got a photo of him and then there's shrek with like three people queuing up for photos and then there's phoenix with like 12 um japanese girls wanting photos they just love photos they thought he was very sweet yeah he was very sweet in those robes oh i I felt more emotional when he got his robes which he got from you make it sound like (laughs) when he got his letter to go to hogwarts when he got his robes from the wizarding world (laughs) (laughs) which i think we were in the california one yeah. God, we are jet set. Um, and I was like, and I was like, I'm gonna get him the robes. Yeah, I don't care how much they I are, don't care Ben. How much they are? And I was like, this is an experience. Yeah. And it's one I want to have. And I was like, watching him. He got his robes. We went in. We got them. Gryffindor sized up. Tried them on. Amazing. He was wearing them. And then we headed off in towards the castle where one of the big rides. God, you immersive. And I was like, watching him just walk with his robes. They were just sort of trailing behind him. And I was like, tearing up. And I was. Like, I was more, I was more <laughs> emotional than that than his first day at school. Wow! Yeah, off he goes to Hogwarts. That's what I was like. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, there is a funny website that's dedicated to sad mascots. Right, and it's this thing of before a big American football game, they might 
do a song for like I don't know the army or someone that's died so all the players stand with their like their heads down mm. but the mascots <laughs> have to the mascots have to do it too you have to see it to understand how funny it is because they put good. their heads down in like sorrow and sort of Aww. respect but they're these big grinning chickens yeah. or like it's just big like fruity dinosaurs. they're just stood there with all these like people they just lower their heads Aww. yeah that's good when i was in london i it was the kickstart to my 40th celebrations your f- yeah so celebrations that what last one month one month i'm gonna give it yeah one month um i met up with my friends my pool lifeguarding friends from when I was a teenager in the Midlands. And we went to see Heather's, the musical. We had a pizza and then I got us a really nice hotel room and we had a sleepover. Wow, that sounds great. So that's how you kick off your 40th. It was really fun. Nice. Well, that's something you should be doing all the time. I've been having sleepovers with those girls since we were teenagers and we used to call ourselves the Slumber Sisters and we never stopped and we still make the effort to have sleepovers. That's a great way to kick off your 40th. Yeah. Anything else planned? Yeah, we've got something coming up, which we will update the listeners on next week. Will we? Yeah. Okay, crikey. I'm I'm a bit sort of daunted and terrified by a month worth of Emma's indulgent 40th. What else is there going to be? Doing a big hike with with some girls. Um, Probably going to go out for some cocktails at some point. Right, okay. That's it, really. Great. I, well, you obviously, you didn't go down the massive party route. No, I nearly did. And then I thought, I'll probably just get really drunk and then I'll have a massive hangover. I won't remember the party. Like, all the people that I would invite, obviously, I would want them to be there. But maybe, actually, I would just prefer to have deeper, smaller oh, so ex- book in. experiences. When's your slot for Emma's 40th festival? <laughs> oh, I got February the 5th. <laughs> Right, well, I'm not until the 24th. Well, okay. So, uh, sometimes when you have a party, you don't get to speak to everyone. No, you totally don't. You absolutely don't. Yeah. I, lo- I do love parties. I love parties. But, but I'm more like going to them than hosting them. Yeah, I think everyone does. Do they? No, some people get their kicks from hosting. They like hosting, yeah. Some people just love hosting. I quite like hosting house parties, but I actually prefer, I'd much prefer to have a party when there's no occasion. I thought you were going to say when there's no one there. <laughs> When there's no occasion, it's just a bit more relaxed. Like we have started yes. started doing like a summer house party just for no reason. Because um, we've done birthday parties before. But for some reason, I just think it's more fun to just have an impromptu. Yeah. And no also, pressure. yeah, I like it when it's not. I like a party when it's not centered around one person. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the party's for everyone. It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> Which, and your 40th is a gift. Any issues coming in? To being 40, any meltdowns, therapy? I'm feeling good. I'm definitely feeling... Older? Yeah. Right. In in terms of, I think just, just like having a lot of life experience under my belt. Right, you like, feel experienced. Like I got caught up last night in going back into photos and I was like looking at when Indy was born and things like that. And I just found myself getting really emotional. I know it's unlike me. Um getting really emotional just at, like I was like Yeah, you've done loads and you've, you've got done another, a lot. Another forty years of stuff to do. Yeah. I feel like very I don't know how much stuff you'd be doing in the last ten. I feel <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Is that I morbid? Feel, I feel very content. Because people say yeah it's like halfway point. And it's like, well yeah, I mean it's kind of halfway but it depends how busy you think or plan on being at like 80 
I, when I left my last role, I internally told myself that I was semi-retired. Right. So like, it's not true, <laughs> but I needed to just shift into a different mindset because I worked probably in quite an unusual way mm. um, and quite intensely. Although I'm still really ambitious and there's still so much that I want to do and I am ready for a step change actually. And sometimes I get frustrated because you know, three kids, toddler, it can be hard for me to get into my stride with work. So there's loads that I want to do, but I never, ever want to work at that pace again. And I never will. Like, I think some people, entrepreneurs, they just keep going and going and like, what's the next big thing? What's the next big thing? And I think I've really like made my peace with, I am just comfortable choosing lifestyle over always like the big, big goals. Future employers will be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to work that hard again. That's fair enough. Well, there's a difference between working hard and working smart. It's cringy, but it's true. Like I'm, I'm very experienced and knowledgeable and have good skills that if I just take my time and I'm smart with how I use them, I don't need to like get into that sort of burnout cycle again. Retro Rewind. This week's Retro Rewind was a moment that we had in this house where had there been, I don't think there was tension, I think you were just sat on the sofa on your phone and I was like, oh, she's been on that phone for way too long. So I put on a middle school disco slow song. It was so good. You've invented something here. Yeah, I just held out my hand. I didn't say anything until that phone went down. You took my hand and we slow danced. Really awkward, all, like, all around the house. Holding each other's shoulders and just swaying side to side. First time, first love. Oh, what feeling is this? What were those crisps that you used to get at like the middle school disco? Space Raiders. Space Raiders all around our cheeks and chins. And Pickled we... onion breath. Ooh, sexy. Absolutely horrendous that was. No, you really invented something there. That's that is a, a live playfully tactic. When Middle you're because disco. we because it was quite stressful in the house. There was like a moment of just like, uh, and I was just sat there and I was just like, oh god, what are we gonna do? And then I just heard <laughs> the beats just like kicked in, and you just came around the corner, held Dashing. your hand out. And I was like, oh, you you've invented something. That was a real like instant stress dissolved yeah it was and then, and then it came the, back no the realization of this is a four and a half minute song <laughs> and this this joke had at best two minutes in it no we did the whole thing we did yeah we did sometimes when you stick with something like that you know the funniness dies down but then it comes right back up because <laughs> it's just ridiculous how long you're doing it for But after we did that, I did sort of think about, yeah, middle school discos. You know, they would put those slow songs on so yeah. everyone could just, like, pair off. Yeah. And it was it was very awkward, wasn't it? Does that still happen? Just slow Because, let's dancing. face it, there's not enough people to pair off. So all the cool kids would do it. And then, you know, you could just be left there like, oh, God. Oh, the discos were so exciting. We used to have this orange drink that was in a plastic ribbed cup and you could put a straw through the top, but if you were cool, you would just turn it upside down, nibble a bit of plastic out and you would drink it from the bottom. 
Yeah, I expect that everyone's school discos had, you know, had were slightly different and like yeah. had their own quirks. I remember just those awful crisps, you know, not like nice Walkers ones, just like pickly, dusty, <laughs> cheap, stale. Oh, that's my favourite kind of crisp. Space-based crisps. Just sort of slightly chewy. Oh. <laughs> you can still get them. I mean, the reality of those school, di- they were probably like 90 minutes long. They felt hours. They felt yeah. like five hours. There was always someone crying in the bogs. Oh my God. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Maybe a little scrap. Yep. And also the teachers looking so bored. That's a rough Friday night for them. Yeah. They want to go home, but they've got a chaperone. So true. Just like milling about like, oh, you know, I've got to watch this lot. I feel like the school discos that I've been to at school... Maybe I don't know if I'm like misremembering ages and stuff, but lo- like loads of parents there. I don't remember any parents going to the school discos when I was at school. I don't remember a single parent. No, like our kids. It was a drop off, and yeah. then it was a pick me up. Our kids' school discos so far, at least up to Indy's age, have had to be chaperoned. Heavy chaperoning. Yeah. Just a load of parents at the bottom drinking prosecco. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Yeah, there was no Prosecco. There's no, definitely no slow dancing that I've seen. No, I don't think so. I think they're unique to us. I think they're unique to that time. They must still happen. I think they're very different now. Guys, send us in your middle school, school disco stories. Hello at peoplewhoplay.com. Yeah, also send in some other stuff. Send in some questions. I don't think we've got a question this week because no one sent one in. No, that inbox is dry as bone. <laughs> it's dry as a space raider. <laughs> There's a really cool article in the New York Times, mm, cultured, and it's called What Do We Do Today That Will Make Us Cringe in the Future? So they've spoken to sort of journalists, writers, artists, people that study trends, and they've asked them, what do you think in the future we'll look back on and be like, cringe? So here's a few examples. Gender reveal parties. I don't want I mean, to. They may anyone, be cringe now. I'm, I'm so anti them. I just. I, but isn't that that's gone, hasn't it? All those people in California were doing them, and they started like wildfires. Someone, a few people have been to jail over them. Wow. Yeah. That got out of hand. Well, also it's, it says gender reveal parties will become totally obsolete when people realise that you won't know the baby's gender until quite some time later. Next one, selfies. Posting close-ups of our faces, our families with locations and timestamps will seem terribly reckless because our relationship to data and privacy will change drastically. Yeah, maybe that's already happening. I mean, pretty much everyone's Insta accounts are private. Yeah. The goal isn't to have loads of followers. It's to have a... Unless you're pursuing it for like work purposes. But otherwise, it's about having a community of people. You don't want strangers looking at it selfies and selfie sticks and all that i i don't know it doesn't feel as big anymore or or unfortunately it's just been totally normalized yeah there was a time though where selfie sticks were everywhere and then they did get banned in some like i think they got banned in like disney world or somewhere like that because just like it's a rough aesthetic isn't it yeah just the vibe of just sticks everywhere i never had one just a bunch of people yeah. walking around with these sticks documenting mm. everything. Do you get a really good angle though? So there's that. Binge watching TV series. Already over it, Emma. 
I push back massively on that because I actually want to return to watching something weekly and having it sort of enter the zeitgeist and then, mm. you know, communication. Mm. That sort of content gluttony of just, mm-hmm. I'm just going to consume it all now, 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 mm-hmm. now, and then it's gone. Yeah, well, I think you were onto something quite interesting there in the in the age of like peak accessibility, peak pleasure, gluttony, as you say, once you've had that for a sustained period of time, I think the feeling that you get is like nothing feels special anymore. So it's like, how do you bring back specialness, specialness of experience? And that can be from watching something on TV, right through to like buying something from an actual shop. Like, how do you get back this feeling of specialness? Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with all of these streaming platforms i'm kind of interested to see where it goes because i think we've we've hit the peak and now you know like netflix and disney you know they're losing subscribers they never really release the viewing figures of what shows sort of do well i've stopped consuming tv shows i'm, I'm sort of so fed up of everyone saying oh you got to watch this you got to watch that you got to watch this but it goes on forever and ever and ever and i'm less invested it doesn't really feel special anymore there's so much content well interestingly I feel more invested when I'm watching it with one of the kids so that takes on a totally different meaning for me because I think when you've got tweens and teens content can be like this glue between you so you were talking about you know that feeling like you want to feel like you're spending time phoenix and sort of getting through to him so when i was watching wednesday with him it was just like this thing that we had it was like our constant and because we weren't binge watching it so we never ever watched more than one in a row and interestingly there were a couple of times when we were like oh my god should we do the next one and then we were like no pleasure delay and it was like because we want to keep this kind of ritual this special ritual so i feel very invested when I'm watching something with them. And sometimes I get frustrated because like, I, you know, like, I can't find anything to watch with Indy at the moment. Like, we started watching Glee, but we've sort of drifted a bit out of that. And I do like having something like that with them. But for myself, yeah, no, I agree. I'm less, less interested. Yeah, I think for me, that time has gone. And mm. that time for me represented things, shows like sopranos lost 24 yeah like that's when i was watching tv and sort of binging but it wasn't through streaming Mm. it was like box sets Mm. i don't know if i'll ever really watch tv in that way ever again no i would watch a series again like i do sopranos again but not binging it no and the only thing i'd watch is stranger things and that ends next year mm-hmm I just don't, I'm not really interested in starting any new TV shows. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather just sit down and read. Those services don't need lots of people thinking like that. I just wonder if other people think like I do. You know, where there's just so much, so you just shut the doors to everything. Yeah. There's just so much content that it's easier not to engage with any of it than some of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes something comes along that bursts at, like Stranger Things, as you say, but... Me, yeah, but that was so long ago. For me, I was... it's all about watching with the kids these days. I'm more interested in that. That's nice. Yeah, for myself, I'd rather read or listen to a podcast. Those companies are going to have to change, adapt and grow. There's only so much they can throw against the wall. There's only sh- so many shows that they can make. Yeah. I would imagine at the moment they are completely sort of overstretched and that they're making so much content. 
I've I, that doesn't feel like that's sustainable in any way. Mm. Okay, one more. Right, Crocs. Yeah, they're massive again. But this thinks that we will cringe about them in the future. How big they got? Oh, I feel like we've done that though, haven't we? So they came out. It was cringe, 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 and then a load of influencers started wearing them, and they're massive again. You know, in I guess in an ironic, they're still crap. They're cool again. I get very cool. I have some, and I really like that you can put the little things on and decorate them. Yes, yeah, I think that's fun. But from the top, like if I took a photo from the top, I think they look quite cute. The tugboats on the side. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. You never want to see a, a male in them, though. Oh, they're big boats. Holy smoke! What are you doing? Pulling the Titanic into dock? Well, who is it that loved them? Was it um, Justin Bieber? Like, visually, I don't like them. I think they're quite cool on kids. I think they're very handy for the garden. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. But <laughs> that company, they are lucky. I mean, they must have come close to going under because they were done. Yeah. Like, they were already something that was years old. And, yeah, Crocs, that was like, I don't know, the aughts. Yeah, they're massive now, though. Uh, absolutely huge. Yeah. But I, I'm fascinated to know how, you know, they must have come close to almost calling it a day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they've probably They tapped been, into influencers some, massively. Yeah, they really did well with their influencer Kelly Dactyl, Kelly yeah. Dactyl, the dancer. Yeah. She's... And also, I think they innovated quite well as well. You can get like fluffy ones, you put the little accessories on. I think they've done a really good job actually at making their brand really fun. Great. Crocs, feel free to call us. Um, okay, one more. I totally agree with this one. I think it says professional clothing is something that's going to be so cringe. Ties are so dumb. I'm wearing one right now, but they're literally these strips of fabric that don't have a purpose except for upholding some level of professionalism. It's a weird way for humans to express themselves and worse, it's uncomfortable. The tie? Um, Professional clothing, the idea of like professional workwear. I mean, we are, again, we are well on our way to that journey. Are we not? I think so. My brother used to work at JP Morgan, you know, Chase. I'm pretty sure they ditched all that. You know, really corporate companies. Mm. Pretty old fashioned to make people wear a certain structured uniform. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? They wear what? Love a tie for fashion, though, I do. What is appropriate to wear to work? Whatever the heck you want to wear, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I mean, it depends what job you're doing, I suppose. Mm. But it's really bizarre to make someone wear a shirt and tie when they come in they sit down at a computer and then they leave at five and maybe interact with like a couple of people i think the idea of one type of clothing as in like these pieces are what equal professionalism is really stupid (laughs) i mean even just saying who made that up it's really old-fashioned and i don't have that i would never judge someone on those yeah values sometimes though you and i have a conversation about was it a bit nicer when things used to be smarter because i was watching this really old footage it was of a football game actually and it sort of panned to the crowd and i was like oh everyone's got like a tie and a nice hat on and like looks really dressed up to go to the football and you like pan to an england game now and it's like and i was like have we have we lost a little bit of I don't know, just making an effort. Well, I'm sure there's a, there's a balance in there somewhere, isn't yeah. there? Overheard at home. Shaking. One does stick in my mind, and that was you putting Scout on the thinking sofa, not the naughty step, 
I, I was in the other room and I could hear what you were saying and you said, I am putting you on the thinking sofa for not passing daddy his pants. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that does sound odd. Oh, he was being so annoying. He got your pants. <laughs> and he was like flinging them around his head. He's a monkey in a cage. Like some sort of stripper in Hooters. <laughs> and then, which was quite funny, but then I was like, Scout, I really need you to put those down and do this. And then he just like grabbed them and like ran off and was just basically doing everything that I didn't want him to do. Yeah. Sometimes he just does everything to annoy me. Yeah, it was just, you know, you're being, you've got to think. You've got to <laughs> sit on that sofa and think about why you didn't pass those pants. Yeah, I don't think he was. It was a lot of things, wasn't it, I think? And then the, and then your, like, pressure valve went. Yeah, which is what happened. Because I know that it's important when you do that, you, you can't just put them on there. You need to tell them why they're on yeah. there. But the reasons why he was on there were... <laughs> they were vast and many. So that's you the just one I chose. So that the one you chose was <laughs> he had to sit there and really think about why he didn't pass those uh-huh. boxes to me. And then he had to come and say, Sorry, what a weird world. <laughs> Sorry for not passing your pants. Anyway, more more of those next week. Well, seeing as no one's written to us, Emma, we have got no listeners' questions. I've got nothing to answer. I've got nothing. You got a question? For me? By the way, I'm still using my Walkman. Oh, oh yeah, what songs are you listening to? Well, no, 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 this is the problem. I say I'm still using it. It's actually, the re- I'm not using it because I'm running at such a pace that the more clip can't sustain the, the amount of physical activity I'm doing because I'm built for speed now, Emma. Yeah, it just fall down. Yeah, pants my pants will fall down. Scout won't pass them to you. <laughs> <laughs> so my Walkman now is when I'm just around the house or at the mall. Um, I have a you use like these little American terms like you say mall they are malls yeah but you're just describing like a shopping center crappy British shopping center I love a mall Uh, but a mall is like you gotta cherish them because they're going but it's like sort of bigger has like food court in it and stuff yeah food court yeah well tonight I'll be going to the mall (laughs) because um Phoenix and Indy so Indy's doing circus school Phoenix is doing parkour there's some downtime in there and it's so, they're just so old school. They are relics. Like they are yeah. going to be, you know, that space is going to be repurposed. That particular mall that you talk about. Yeah. When we, when we leave afterwards, it's all shut down. I know. But you still have to we walk play, through. What games we, do you play? Zombies. 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 Because <laughs> you have to walk through it to get to the car park. And it is like ultimate yeah. zombie territory. It's that sort of, it's lit. But it's like, it almost feels like emergency lighting. Because the music's still on. The creepy oh music's on. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Indy loves it, but I can tell she's, act, like, yeah. genuinely terrified. Yeah. Because I start, like, you picture them behind the shutters. Yeah. And, yeah. And they come around that corner. They'd be coming up the escalator. Me and Phoenix was like, what would you do? Yeah, but why do I want that to happen? That's always been the issue with me. Like, I want that. It's weird, isn't it? You want to... But for, I want to have a night in that mall fending off zombies with my kids. Oh, you... It's too many films. You can pay for experiences like that now. Yeah, you can. You can't. You, mm. sign, you sign a waiver. People die. I don't think you should do that. Because People when die. we went on that walking, had, like, walking dead 
experience walkthrough thing mm-hmm, at Universal, mm-hmm. you couldn't handle it. I got in trouble. Yeah, you you like got in trouble because you like pushed one of the zombies. You can't do that. Don't touch. You got it's like a strip club. Your imagination is like a strip. You cannot touch the ladies in a strip club, <laughs> and you cannot touch the zombs in in a zombie experience. In life, do not touch <laughs> strippers or zombies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been to a strip club since like a you know some sort of bad stag do. Would you go to a zombie strip but, club? But for some people, some people like people just go to strip clubs just for like a, a drink. It's bizarre. Yeah, that. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's more of an American thing or malls and strip clubs. Just don't touch. Don't touch. <laughs> it's not hard, is it? It is hard, actually. <laughs> What, to say, not touch strippers or the zombies. Let's just say both, <laughs> because the zom, you, you know, you're. If one of those those experiences are done so well, oh my god, they're so they, they, real. You know, they're effectively real, mm. and I have got a wild imagination yeah. with the strip joints and the zombie experiences. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also that person that in those like you know going to like shows or things like that with you, you always get picked upon. Mm. So those zombies were like they picked know. upon you and they were chasing you. They know they're jumping. Why in. do I get that? I think by it's, the way. is it because you're tall? You've got I'm... long hair. Because when we went to see Russell Brand, he like singled you out straight away and then came and sat, and, and sat and on I, your lap. And I knew, but I knew 20 minutes before it happened because he'd already started looking at me. And I was like, why? I did have a very garish jumper on. It was a lovely jumper. That's the thing. I was in a sea of mm. grey, beige and black. And mm. I had like a massive jumper that said, take me on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was... <laughs> That, that'll do it. That'll do it. Were you also wearing that when you went through the zombies? I've, I've had this thing all my life of wanting to stand out, but, but you know, being quite shy, but quite loud with fashion. Mm-hmm. That's a contradiction. As we explored, <laughs> the truest, I think the truest form of humanity is lies at your contradictions. Right. I think where you completely intersect with opposing things inside you, oh. I think that is your deepest authentic truest humanity wow and at the intersection of those two things that's where i think the magic is right so oh god the dogs are going no they are they're so slow i'm gonna have to digest it. i'm gonna percolate. it's quite that is really deep yeah maybe i'm actually gonna say it i don't really understand any of that Jimp. <laughs> <laughs> monkey just that little monkey with the two symbols you know this is me <laughs> well, let's... bless me. I'm just saying that I dress. Sometimes I can dress so loud. It's not like I, you know, is dressing a reflection of your actual personality or the personality you want to have? I think it depends on. Did I just get deep? Yeah, I think it depends on your motivation. So for me, I want to dress how I want other people to see me. Maybe is, that's is, what I do. Is then. how I also see my best self. Dressing differently isn't necessarily indicative of being extrovert. I think people get that confused. Like you have to be really confident or you have to be really extrovert. And I suppose those qualities are linked to that because you have to have a certain level of like bravery and confidence to be different. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're super loud and extrovert. I think I can be those things and I can be the other things. You're really loud. And I would say you're also quite extrovert. Right. In in social situations. Yeah, but I can also be a a tiny little mouse. Yeah, which I've told you this before. Be the mouse. I've told you this before, how I can like speak on stage, but then afterwards I have to go network. I'm like, 
Yeah, I ain't and sure. you're just saying the same thing. Yeah, in a different way. A, f- a month later, because that's how long it's taken me to process. Because <laughs> I'm a chimp. No, wearing like loud clothes. I tell you what, you can spot a mile away is when the clothes wear the the person, yeah. and you mm. can actually tell that they're not actually comfortable. Mm. Isn't that you can really tell that mm. sometimes? And I hope. I never, I, I don't have that ever. No, Because no. I'm always completely comfortable yeah. in what I wear. Or, yeah. And some of it is, I mean, I do have some stuff that's really zany, like a bit, you know, odd maybe. You are a little bit oh, odd. <laughs> oh my God. But that's... And but, I think, but, and, and sometimes when I do like the school drop and stuff, I'm like, dude, you're like 41, yeah, mm. old. Mm. And I'm, I'm just like wearing... The most insane, like '90s trousers. Yeah, but and that look like pajamas. But they're... and then just like a, just a wild jumper, and then a headband, and that my hair will be all over the place. And I, I'm fine with that. But I could also maybe see why someone would be like, "What is he doing? Is he all right? <laughs> Do you think he's okay?" Uh, yeah, I think it's. I'm never going to stop like dressing the way I. I dress but sometimes I, i'm just like when does it get not i, I guess i'm asking i think when the, does age appropriateness like come in i think people who play the name of this podcast yeah i think they are a bit odd when you embrace your playfulness and when you live a life you're a bit where, more exposed yeah and when you live a life where you do things because you're interested in them because you're curious about them when you step off these like fixed rails oh i feel like i'm at sermon <laughs> keep going and you step off these like fixed rails of like what an adult is meant to be and meant to do yes it looks yes. odd but it looks odd to to me the people that don't get off it let's look odd be odd together be just weird yeah be weird because when you start getting into play and like so when people people DM me and they're like, oh, you know, I've been listening to some of your stuff and been thinking about what I like, and they were like, yeah, I feel really weird. It's like you do like if you haven't played for a while and you start doing it, it can feel weird. It's like you know, there's so much suppression. In so life. much suppression, especially in Britain. Like you just, we're, I think we're very suppressed. I just feel like you're a bricklayer and you're just bricking up like right next to you, all around you, until you're just in a box. Yeah. And I, you're just all squashed. Oh, that sounds horrible. I get really <laughs> emotional when I go and watch. Really? When I <laughs> <laughs> what every second of every day? When I go and watch performance. So I so, dance. Yeah. Emma makes me emotional too. Yeah. And it's something about um, Them... what you are seeing is someone so free. Yes. With yes. zero, one, just zero inhibitions. Exactly. And I even, it's different to seeing a band. There's still mm. a, a veil or a layer of like, they've got their sort of instruments in front of them. They're not as exposed, mm. maybe. There's something about dance. It's such a pure thing. It's yeah. a human being moving yeah. to music. Yeah. You cannot do that if you even have like 50, if you have to be all in. Yeah. You can't do it any other way. So seeing it is emotional because I always think I would love to do that. And seeing people using their body as an instrument, it makes me just feel, yeah. I, I get I get really, I'm jealous. I'm like, je- I, I want to be that free with my body and confident. I also think, um, I mean, you can think a lot from just watching someone dance, but 
we're doing everything wrong. Everything is wrong about how we've ended up as a society yeah. in terms of like the work that we do, how functional it is. No, I'm pretty sure we're meant to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. We are meant to be doing that in a big circle, in a tribe somewhere. Which is what other cultures do. I know. And, and it's like, oh, it's... That, but this is the sort of the problem that I've, I've started to have as I've gotten older about this country and just the West in general is just that lack of being anchored to something like that. Yeah. Like that sort of culture. Yeah. We're quite a bland bunch of buggers. Yeah. A lot of our history needs some really big like reevaluating. so some of the things that you thought you might were good and you're anchored to are actually like no not very nice no I think that's true I felt this so deeply in the pandemic I it became a bit of a running joke within my friendship group that like Emma was having a cultural identity crisis because I was traveling quite a lot before you just want to dance traveling quite a lot and then was just obviously in my home I felt like yeah I was like I don't and then obviously the whole Black Lives Matter movement was happening and there was a lot of just a lot going on around that and I was just like I don't know what I feel like I don't feel patriarchal I don't feel proud to be like white British like there's so much in that that feels really like and I was like I don't know what I don't know what I am like what I belong to well Emma I think there's loads of us running around feeling like that yeah and that's why you've got why a lot of things are happening right now there's just a lack of identity and a lack of being like anchored to anything that's solid but then I think how I came through that was like it's about reinventing reimagining and as a family like we have so much power and opportunity to create like new rituals new meanings yes. of what it means to be us and how we set values for the kids and how we talk to them about history and all that sort of stuff and that's why we dance and baby <laughs> and then we all do a big dance <laughs> wow we, that was meant to be a sign-off that was one hell of a sign-off mm, that was we just went on a big old tangent mm, there's a lot in that Right, we'll be back next week. Where can the great people find you, Emma? Find me on Instagram at playful underscore den. And my personal account is at Emma Warrelow. That's W-O-R-R-O-L-L-O. You can also find me on Patreon by searching Emma Warrelow. Christ, you can't not find you. I'm bloody everywhere. Talk about stumbling into some research. I mean, you stumble into you somewhere online. If you want to stumble into me... It's at Ben Flying Retro on Instagram. Don't expect a message back because I just deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Stay playful. Bye.